Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fire Radio, episode 495 for February 23rd, 2023. That's a lot of 23s. I'm one of your hosts, Kelly. I'm Adriel. And I'm Mo. And we're it. That's it. So it's, yeah. Hi, everybody. Hi. Kyle is becoming American. He's Americanized. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of jealous there because he's going down and he's going to... I'm really he's buying not- a cowboy hat. He's getting. Uh, he's already got the pickup truck. He's yep. actually going to fit right in. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say. No, he's he's, he's already shopping for his Fourth of July. So yeah, no, he's going to fit right in. So good for him, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm jelly. I'm. I, I still think that we really need. So afterwards, you know, when we're all done this podcast thingy tonight, why don't we stay on a little bit later so that we can plan going down and invading him. Not him, his place. <laughs> <laughs> the Canadian. Okay, seriously. Oh I have. So, have I told you I got a puppy recently? Mm-hmm. You can tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, why don't we get into what we did in Guns This Week? Gabriel, what did you do in Guns This Week? Uh, a couple things. I put out another air gun video because. Um, why not? And sure. also because <laughs> that one's going to probably get banned because it looks like a real gun, right? So uh, mm. C21, that thing will get banned. So I thought I'd put that out there just to highlight the ridiculousness. I've had that one since I was 13, so a while. Really? It, yeah, it's like I think the gun I've owned the longest. Uh, and then I did my Glock 48 review again. Uh, not super interesting for Canadians because they already have one or they don't want to have one. And that's kind of all there is to it, but uh, eh, why not? Uh, Reloaded a bunch of two, two, three got through about 500 rounds. So that felt productive. Made a couple batches of wine. So basically consumables like consumables and (laughs) you got wine and gun. All right. Sorry. Ammo. Two, two, three and and wine. Yes. And red wine. Yeah. Um, What's that? I think that's legit. Excuse me while I meet myself. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then I um, I put up a trailer on Utreon that kind of detailed what I was going to put up there. Uh, and I put up like a YouTube video, like trying to push more people over to Utreon. And uh, I'm starting to uh, set up what kind of like unique content to put over there. So I put up a, not a poll, but like a, a questionnaire, a post in the community to just to see what people want. Uh, I have been, uh, someone, I can't remember who, I think it was on signal. Uh, someone mentioned this, uh, practicim designer on steam that you can use to, uh, to d- design stages. So I've been messing around with that a little bit. Uh, I'm going to MD a, a match at uh short park in March. It's one of the three gun matches I'm going to be doing. I'm going to, I'm going to do three weeks in a row of three gun in <laughs> like March to April. So it's going to be a good time. 
Uh, and I'm just looking at like designing some of those stages. So I've already got a, got a couple of, uh, not a couple, I've got like four or five uh, stages kind of drafted on paper, but getting them in computer software, it's so good because you, you can like proof so many things when you get it in the 3D software. You can see what it's going to look like. You can get an idea as to um, uh, the angles. And then when you share it with people, they get all those angles as well. So they, I don't know, I, I find the, transposing of like the vision to the to the stage is just easier when people have like a printout that shows different angles and a 3d model of what the stage is supposed to look like uh and it looks uh, that practice sim designer looks easier to use than sketchup sketchup is like full 3d modeling right you can like go turn around and oh no actually i'm going to build a house in in this thing whereas this practice sim thing is uh more limiting i find with with like sketchup <laughs> i'm constantly putting my props into the ground and i don't want them to go into the ground uh whereas this practice game is like no they they can't go in the ground they do they're always on top so some basic like rules like that are handier for for dummies like me and then uh, I've been arranging some maple seed events for Alberta. So I saw just, that. Uh, nice. Getting a couple up. I got to put up some on the IT Facebook page because I've got a couple that are like ironed out and ready yeah, to rock and roll. You're slacking. I am slacking. No, yeah, so I'm cold. kidding. It's so cold. I don't want to do anything right now. Mm. What's this software you speak of? I wonder if I can like screen share while I'm like doing it. That would be that would be neat. You talked about this before. You we've we've screened. Yeah. No, you should. Did I screen to. share the other one? I think so. I think so. Okay. Well, then maybe I don't need to screen share this one. I just tried launching in the background. Uh, wait, 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 wait. This this is gonna be what people want to see. Let's go window. That thing. Yeah, there we go. Richard is uh, pointing us at the right thing there. Okay. Oh, oh. And I can like move oh, around. Cool. Yeah. Draw I like it. Alt lines. Uh huh. I like uh-huh. it. Oh, 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 uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I don't know. That kind of stuff. Oh, I'm 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 flying. <laughs> oh wow. I don't think we're allowed to do that. Uh yeah, probably not. Uh <laughs> anyways, that's that game. Well, okay. So what is it again? Sorry, I again, I really I, okay. So, what was it again? Acti Sim Designer on Steam. It's a free game. Richard free game. got the got the link to it. You can go, you can design a stage on it. It's an easy way to design a stage. Excellent. Long story short, yeah. You didn't um, notice that I stepped away at all to let the dog out. Now I have to step away again to let the dog back in. <laughs> such is life with the puppy. Um, but yeah, so I think I am going to, Richard says VR only. I was just playing it though. I was just playing it without the VR thing. Uh, yeah, I got to do some more reloading. I have to like, I have to reload two, two, three till the end of time. Cause I'm saving money at it. Oh, that's one of the other things I do is I got an app for my phone that shows like the cost savings, uh, for ammo and like what the cost is to reload versus buy. And uh, it's still worth it for 223. It just takes a lot of time. Maybe I'll go to Sherwood Park because there's more 9 mil brass on the ground there. And Because I need to like, I need to brass goblin some some 9 mil brass. I need to like pick a bunch and then reload it. 223 I got plenty of. I don't want any more of that. But like 9 mil I could get some more of. 
And then I'm also on the lookout for 6-5 Carcano dies, which pff, I can't find them. They, they don't exist anywhere. Good luck with that. They, like, Lee makes them. Hmm. They should be around somewhere. Hmm. And then bullets, too. It's all hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> the actual ammo you can find, like the, relo- the reloaded ammo. Maybe I'll do that, too. I'll take those things to the range and see if I can get them zeroed with, uh, with that factory ammo that I've got with my nice, tall, uh, ugly JB Weld front sights. Mm-hmm. Practi Sim Designer. Yes, that's the app. It's not an app. It's a computer computer program. You don't want to do that with your phone. Uh, Mo, how about you? Uh, I am now the proud proud new member of the Cornwall Handgun Club. No way. Uh, Are you really? Way, way, way. That's so awesome. a couple a couple weeks ago, they had posted on their website that they had opened up res, regis, um, membership to fifty new members. They do okay. that once in a while. It's, it's kind of tough to get in, from what I know. Yeah, um, it's a good little club, though. Yeah, and uh, so I I applied on. I applied. I sent everything in. And I just found out this week that I got in, so I'm, I'm really thrilled. It's about an hour hour from my house, so it's convenient that way. It's an Ipsic club, but it's not I've in got. Quebec. Yeah, it's not in Quebec. Um, <laughs> but I can get a permit. I can get like a, a, a an ATT to to go regularly there, so that'll be good. I'm sort of applying for one every time. Um, yeah, like I said, it's an hour from my home Ipsic club. There's you can do like you know a- action shooting there. Uh, I have friends, my friends, Lisa and Louie are members there. Yeah. Uh, Jen, that's people. been on the show uh, yeah. is, is a member there. So, uh, it'll be nice to, to, to be a member there. And, uh, I'm just waiting for, I guess my, like the orientation slash training thing. Yeah. So. You have to do an orientation, but you also, yeah, you have to do it for pistol as well. Yeah. You, yeah. There's a couple of things that you have to do there. So also, um, Gabriel, who you were talking about last week. Um, he's a member there as well, so you yeah. can meet up with him there too. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna meet. I'm gonna meet him. Uh, I'm gonna meet him this Sunday. So awesome! Uh, at uh, yeah, so because I have the uh, this weekend's gonna be interesting. I have a a two gun event because it'll be uh, an Ipsic match on the Friday night at the at the local club in Montreal, and then on Sunday I've got the um, uh, the ORPS Rimfire Precision at um at Stittsville in Ontario. So that's gonna be this weekend. So leading up to it, I I did some live fire practice because I'm gonna be shooting uh the classic division for the first time in Ipsic with the the Bull 1911. So I've been dry fire practicing all week with it just to get more comfortable. Um and then I did some live fire too. So just again to to be, be to be ready for it. And then for the the precision, uh, one of the stages is that this it was is um, like off milk crates, right? So you go from a prone to a, to the top Ready. of a milk crate, and then prone to and you know you alternate between three three milk crates. So I was practicing like getting comfortable. We're not getting like you know quickly transitioning between and and getting a position off the milk oh. crate because I found like what was what was it better for me to be sitting on my butt and like hunched over uh, off of the bipod or off of a bag so just kind of you know what my body can handle comfort wise like, that's great you know. stuff to dry fire with because you get to figure out like what height you need to like yes what height, height. is kneeling good for what height's yes. good for butt what's height good for like all your different 
And then if like once you get onto the stage, you're like, oh, I'm at this height, I need to do this. Yeah, and, I, and that's what I was noticing that it's like with the with the bipod, it's you know the one height. If I, if I lift up the see, I, I know I need the bipod because I'm going from the prone to the milk crates and in between, right? So uh, that's definitely in place. And then it's just a matter of what I'm going to use for a support off the milk crate, right? So, um, yeah. So I, and then I created my little my little dope cards. Uh, the, I saw the, those. those. The ORPS awesome. stages are pretty simple, so I'm probably overdoing it. But I kind of gave myself like little notes on on the stage layout and stuff, so that way when it's at the side of my rifle, and I'm like, oh, what am I supposed to do next? I kind of have like my little reference. Uh, obviously, I haven't written down the drop and the wind and stuff because I'll do that uh, live when I get there. Um, because it should be interesting whether this week it's snowy and cold and we'll see what that's like. And, uh, oh, I now wanted to mention like when I, when I did, when I had issues with the voodoo outside, uh, one of the listeners commented, Tony from, uh, the commented that is probably a cold bolt. Yeah. And it's true because in indoors there was zero issues and I tested all the ammo and there was not a problem at all. So I guess I have to make sure to keep that, that bolt warm before I, before I shoot. Um, and, uh, did I have anything else? No, I think, uh, I think that's, that's it. Yeah. I'm just looking forward to the weekend. So I'm going to see how it goes on, on Sunday. Like, you know, it's, it's a different sport for me. It's like Ipsic in a way, but you know, different again. So Ipsic, but different because it's Ipsic, done with a rifle and it's yeah, yeah, done on still targets and it's totally. And I'm, I'm very, I'm very like, I don't have a lot of rifle uh, shooting experience. So it's something I want to get better at. You know, working with a scope and stuff like getting comfortable behind the scope. And yeah. as Adriel mentioned about the positions and like you know, getting my eye on the on the eyepiece and, and actually seeing what I'm supposed to be seeing and stuff. Target acquisition. I'm yeah. you know a little nervous about that. Like finding the targets off in the distance. Now these are short distances. Like I mean, it's uh, or our PS is max a hundred, right? But still. No. Still, it's well. I do know that they were, yeah, it's one hundred or closer. But they'll also, for bonus points, you can shoot out to. I think it's two fifty or three hundred. I don't think I'm going to be getting those bonus Maybe. points then. No. I can't remember. I have to think about it now. Um, that's it for me. How about you, Kelly? I had a busy two, very busy two weeks. Um. I haven't been, I wasn't on last week. So oh, it was a good show by the way last week. I, I listened to it. it was, so it was a good, good show. Well, thank you uh, for listening. Well, you're welcome. Um, so I did the She Shoots season two podcast uh, episode. I think it was actually number 14. Um, it was with Sandra Honor, who is the president of the ISSF. Uh, or so the Shooting uh, Sports Federation. Sorry, if I have to leave, it's because my dog is chewing on the cord to my computer. <laughs> so um, it was uh, fantastic. And um, we're looking forward to next month. Next one, next month is the International um, Women's, um, Women's Day. So we're going to be holding a, um, 
a, a ladies day. We're going to be doing it at the Civil Range on March 11th. Uh, we're going to be doing that with the Carlton University QCF. So I'm going to be there. So if you would like to come meet me, uh, as well as some of the other ladies who are part of the industry as well, uh, commit to the um, Sitzville Range on March 11th. It's a ladies day. So um, I think I put it on our social media. So go and do that. Uh, the other thing that I've been doing is also maple seed. I've booked a bunch of maple seeds and uh, as a um are confirmed we'll continue to add them to our calendar as well but not only that this weekend we have an ibc ibc is our instructor boot camp we're going to be doing that on saturday uh, as part of that i wish that we had some really cold weather and you know it's a winter seed that we're going to be having on sunday just as part of our practice first ever in canada we're going to be having a winter seed so guess what it's all my fault that canada or sorry that ontario now has um um, really more cold weather and a bunch of snow. So you're welcome. Um, the other thing that I did was at uh, last Sunday on, at FRPC, which is my local range, I went and helped facilitate or uh, do the uh, RSO course for our club. So our club has a specific course that they've developed for RSOs for the club themselves. And we brought in 13 new people as RSOs for our club, so which is fantastic. So I did that with Henri Cardinal, who is uh, uh, one of our executive, who's actually he's going to be retiring. And so he um, asked Kelly Kincaid and I to actually deliver it. And so we're going to be taking it over. So we did that as well. Um, and uh, the other thing that I also did was I signed up for a pheasant hunt. So uh, ladies only pheasant hunt. Uh, there's actually two pheasant hunts that are going to be happening. There's a co-ed one and there's a ladies only one that's going to be happening on March uh, 26th. So I'm going to be doing the ladies only uh, pheasant hunt um, and it's going to be fantastic. I'm just excited to actually be doing that with also with Kelly Kincaid. And I'm happy to do that. Uh, our local uh, club president uh, for the uh, Prop and Ski Club, he's going to be running out his dogs and flushing up the uh, pheasants so hopefully um, we'll get a lot of pheasants on the 26th so I'm super excited about that and I think that's that oh the, oh no so last time I was on the show we had a lot of listeners they've been you know what our listeners are some of the most fantastic people ever they've been sending me links and then keeping an eye on because they said Aguila the ammo that I was looking for specifically mm -hmm. um, uh, the high velocity uh, super extra uh, 40 grain. They've been sending me links for it. And apparently it looks like actually we're now getting it back into Canada and people are, uh, because everybody in the dog has it now. So I was able to find it at uh, SFRC and they have it nice. at a really good price. Not only that, I get a discount at SFRC too. So you know what? That's where I'm getting it from. Uh, so I just wanted to say thank you to all of the listeners who sent me links and uh, have been looking out for me. So I wanted to say thank you to them. And that's about it. So, yeah. Um, what do we get into? Um, upcoming events. Upcoming events. So we have a March 4th and 5th Edmonton Capital Region. Who put this in? Because I have there's very little information about it. So I have no hey. idea. So I'm yeah, Adriel. I'm assuming because it's Edmonton. It's a gun right? show. So. It's a gun show. Okay. It's a Stony Plain. March 4th and 5th. They do it at that. Uh, I don't know. Stony Plains not that big. Drive around, you'll find it. It's a like kind of on the west side. <laughs> Just drive around. <laughs> it's a okay. tiny town. You can drive through the whole thing in like five minutes. 
Right. <laughs> okay. Excellent. All right. All right. I already talked about the uh, International Women's Day. Uh, what about Chaz? I know this is you as well, Adriel, because it's not Mo or, or I. So no. I need to talk about this. That's a shooting range. Chaz is a shooting That's, range. Stop hmm. it. Good <laughs> match. Uh, there's three spots left in the for the uh, March 18th match. So if you wanted to join us for March 18th to shoot some three gun, there's three spots left. It's on practice score. Perfect. I'm surprised there's actually three spots left. What's that? It's about? March. It's going to be cold. It's going to be know, terrible. It's gonna be Either it's going to be cold or it's going to even worse. It could be like warm and slushy and like Ow. slippery and mm, it's possible. Mm. Anything's possible in spring. It is, especially in Alberta. I was hoping. Eh, no, I did wish for it to be a below zero this weekend. Again, I apologize, everybody. I brought the bad weather. Uh, what's the Sunridge stuff? On April 29th. It's uh it's an event I found. So okay. oh no. Someone emailed in about it. <laughs> Sunridge gun show on April 29th. Admission is 10 bucks. Kids under 12 are free. Go there and say hi to Pete. Okay. Where's Sunridge, by the way? Gun show. Also Where? a drive around location. Somewhere in your area. I don't know. It's not Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's uh you know, continue to post it. I'll find out more information about it because it's April uh, 29th, so that's a little bit of time away. So, if you have events that you'd like to uh, send to us and uh, give us a little bit more details about, you know, where it is located or, or anything like that, we'd be happy to talk about it for you. I'm pretty sure they give give us tons of detail on the email. I just included the pertinent ones. Pertinent ones. <laughs> the pertinent Date, information. Pity, pertinent. That is all. <laughs> Thank you, Adriel. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very complete. No, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) News. Yeah, let's talk about this. The Milton man who allegedly shot an intruder should not face murder charges. I don't think it's allegedly. Like they're saying allegedly for the news item, but I don't think it's allegedly. He shot the the intruder. It was a home invasion is what it was. Yeah. Self-defense. You put that in, I'm assuming. Yeah, I put it in there. I mean, I put the yes. article. I put the article there, but Ian uh, Runkle did a, a pretty good deep dive into it. And uh, long story short, like there's not really a lot of information that that was in the release, so we're not able to see like was this a good reason to lay a charge, or was there like no good reason to lay a charge, and it's just Canadian police being dickbag Canadian police and laying a charge out of laziness, very much out of laziness, which is what they've done in the past. Oh, you shot someone in clear self-defense? Uh, it might be a charge. I don't know. We're gonna yeah, charge, we still you, have and to let charge the, you, right? Yeah, let's let the prosecution deal with that. I don't wanna I don't wanna get in trouble for not charging you, so I'll just charge you and uh, the prosecutors can deal with this BS. <laughs> Which is kind of the, that's kind of the MO for uh for Canada. Like in, in comparison to the states where, you know, um in, a, in an instance like this, they'd be like, Good job, done. <laughs> There'd be nothing else to talk about. Yeah, so it's uh, it's it's kind of without any additional context, it seems really silly that this that they're moving forward with uh, with this charge. Seems like a waste right. of time. Seems like uh, I don't know I don't know what um, uh, the judicial wait times are like uh, in near in the the Milton area, but uh, out here in Alberta, it's very long to like wait for a court case. I'd imagine it's the same out there. So yeah. why put spurious charge? cases in front of the courts when there's no reason to 
there's there's like tons of like better cases to bring to the court. Why deal with? I don't know. He shot someone, so maybe murder. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, he did shoot somebody. Somebody died. It was a home invasion. His mother was in the home as well, from mm-hmm. what I remember. So, yeah, he got arrested and charged. Yeah, charged. The other people What's had that? guns too. There was like multiple of them, four or five. They had guns. They were like doing stuff. It was like, a home. In, it was a home invasion. It was. Yeah. So, yeah. And he shot somebody, and somebody died. So, okay. I'm not a big loss. I'm not a. Yeah. All right. Um, CCFR legal donations. Uh, obvious. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. The CCFR legal donations. The CCFR legal challenge is happening right now. So the dates have been set. Everybody knows about this. So April 11th to the 20th, which is creeping up quite quickly. Uh, the CCFR, as well as the rest of Canada, uh, will be heard in Ottawa. So what we would like you to do is go over to the CCFR, uh, click on the donate page uh, and uh, donate to them so that they can help us uh, keep our guns as well. If you actually are not a member of the CCFR, become a member as well because the more members that they have or um, can show that there is in Canada, it, that also does a lot for actually showing our um, politicians um, who supports, yeah. who actually supports uh, um legal firearms ownership as well so go over there and become a member go and donate you can also donate by sending an emt to finance at firearmsrights.ca as well so every little bit will help so uh there's um i recently had a look and there's a bunch of um clubs and organizations that are also donating to it as well i think it's really important for us to actually continue to support those who support us as well so Mm -hmm. yeah uh new gun stuff Let's, uh, it's brought to you by uh, Bullseye North. Uh, you need a new boom, a boomstick. Uh, Bullseye North is Canada's shooting superstore and a proud supporter of the CCFR with a wide selection of guns and top trending gear for any shooter. Free shipping for orders over $200. Uh, some exclusions apply, like ammo. Um, subscribe to the weekly newsletter to get uh, first access uh, to their hottest deals. By the way, did you see the uh, deal that I um, posted on our uh, social media about the um, the gunpowder, the hydrogens? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it looks like prices are coming down a little bit. That's good. Where? How much was it? It was like 50, I think it was 55 bucks for a pound of tight group. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've I've seen that. It's like the some of the more in demand ones, like Varget, have are the yeah. ones that have been like silly priced. But the, you have to recognize as well that the stuff is like again, everybody and their dog wants to reload because you know um, ammo costs right now are just stupid. So it's nice to see stuff coming back in. It really is. Mm-hmm. Okay, Adriel, what do you have in? Well, oh. I'll go through. Um, just a couple of things. One of them. So one of them before, before we get into the bullseye and all the other stuff here, um, I've been noticing some suspicious new websites selling gun stuff online. Me too. Uh, If you're looking for primers or you're looking for stuff and you find a weird website that you've never heard of before, that's selling primers for like old prices. That shit's a scam. Don't do it. Yeah. That shit's a scam. 
they will yeah. steal your credit card. I just yeah. ordered a Glock 43 yesterday off a of site. Does, does that mean I'm not going to be getting it? Or what? Glock 43. <laughs> I ordered some primers for five dollars per hundred. It, it seemed legit. Yeah. <laughs> if they told me to EMT them, um, yeah. So, anyways, just. You know, uh, by the by, watch out because uh, those websites are out there and uh, they're taking advantage of people who are desperate for primers or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or guns and that kind of stuff. Um, and then the other, yeah. the next a couple is just, um, there's a couple of guns that, that are new to the market that are starting to get reviewed. People are starting to handle them. They're starting to put um, posts on CGN and on Reddit. Um, the first one is the Lockhart Tactical Raven 9. This is a 9mm PCC. Uh, Taylor in Calgary got one. Uh, he's like a, an avid Ipsic shooter and a very good uh, Ipsic shooter. Yep. Um, and it, what he was showing looks really good. He weighed the bolt and it was over one and a half pounds, which is good. So like a, uh, what some of the other PCCs have been running really lightweight bolts. Um, the Ruger gets away with it because they have a, a sliding tungsten like uh, dead blow, a, a dead blow tungsten weight. So they get away with, uh, you know, some some space wizardry going on there. But everyone else is running like really lightweight bolts, like FX9s and that kind of thing. And it's terrible for reliability because it violently extracts that nine millimeter case. That's why you can't run aluminum in a lot of them because it rips the the cases in half as it extracts them because they're the bolts like way too light. Anyways, the Raven 9, the bolt weight looked good. The reliability looked good. Um, that is looking pretty good pretty interesting but few like very few out there in the wild uh the next one that i saw was the bcl siberian um some reviews coming in on that um they were mixed um the disassembly is a bit weird so to get the gas system you have to pull the gas block off which is a pain in the ass uh you wouldn't have to do it very often maybe every like thousand or two thousand rounds if that but uh, it's still a pain in the ass taking the handguard off and the gas block off just to get the uh, gas piston all that kind of stuff out yeah uh, some people are having some really good reliability. The accuracy that I've been seeing has been very good, right? Right around like one to two MOA, which again, this is a semi-automatic rifle. Fantastic. Um, and I did see one post on Reddit where the guy was seeing some short stroking out of it. So it wasn't quite getting all the way back before it was starting to to go forward again. So mixed, mixed reviews on that, but that's, it's like gen one, gen one rifle. You're going to have those kind of teething, uh, issues. So hopefully they resolve those and, uh, get it good because they do look very cool they do yeah let's do this guy over here bullseye has got their hottest deals uh deals up so hornady ammo is 15 percent off uh or minimum five percent off of some of their other stuff 10 percent off magazines uh 25 percent off when you buy in bulk for the uh, 45 acp so if you're looking for that usa ready is this the steel case stuff i thought their usa ready was steel case Anyways, inexpensive ammo. Uh, they've got a whole pile of it. That looks like brass. Um, they've got a whole bu- different uh, bunch of different stuff, as well as snap camps and that kind of thing. Uh, getting on to some of the other things here. This one's exciting. Profit River has 410. Oh. <laughs> uh, now, the downside is it's 30 bucks a box. Oh. Uh, but uh, but they have it. And it, like like, really... Okay, 30 bucks a box. Get granted. 12 gauge is like 13, 14 bucks a box right now. So yeah. maybe that's not maybe that's not that bad. And keep those shells and reload them. And you can reload, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So Profit River has right now they have 45 boxes of uh, of this stuff. I can't imagine it's going to last very long. No. But, uh, if you're looking for some 410, that's where you can get it. Where you can. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Inner Surplus has the Zastava M70 Mauser in 9.3 by 62. Hmm. Yugoslavian. It's a Yugo rifle. It's Mauser. They made Mausers. They made the M48s. Um, this is like a big one. 9.3 by 62. Nice big. They had, um, I wonder if they have any of the surplus rifles left. They had some of these uh, in 9.3 by 62. It's a big honker. It's like a 33 cal or something like that in like a full full size rifle. I thought they were cool, but you can't really, like, uh, the, this one you probably could have put an easy, uh, easily put a scope on it, but the older surplus ones you couldn't. Yeah, that one's drilled and tapped on the top there for it. Perfect. Anywho, that looks cool. Okay. If you're looking for cheap, probably non-corrosive ammo, uh, Cabela's has the Norinco 762 by 39 red box stuff for 10 bucks. 10 bucks a box at 20, so 50 cents around for non-corrosive. And just to give people an idea, like I've seen a lot of corrosive ammo that's just in crates going for that price. Non-commercial, mm. more surplus style. So uh, that is uh, as a pretty good price. Hey. Before you click on that and go over to Cabela's, go through our link and then you can... Oh, yes, the link. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. we like you to save money, but we like us to get money if you <laughs> save money. That's the way it is. Cabela's is get a little of sugar off the top, right? Yeah. You know. Uh, I run guns. I can't imagine the shotgun's very good, but... Uh, and I have never heard of Dickinson before. Iron <laughs> Guns has this crazy pump action shotgun, the Dickinson XX2T pump action shotgun, 18 and a half inch barrel, uh, 12 gauge. It's a five plus one pistol grip stock. Um, it's made in Turkey. It's 125 US. Was that like 150 bucks? Canadian? 200. 200? Yeah, 200. Mm-hmm. One more Ish. X, one more X, and I would have been interested. It's got a removable chokes. Does it come with removable chokes? Blah, blah, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. It doesn't say. Combat sights. Optics rail for putting on an optic. Yeah, right. Why would you put one of those on there? I have no idea. Because it's a $150 shotgun. That's $125 US. That's pretty cheap. Pretty cheap. Yeah. Uh oh, you know what I was looking at? Western what? Metal has six five Carcano full length dies. And I think I can get away with just using uh like a six five Creedmoor to, to seat the bullet. Like who cares what I use to seat the bullet? But they've got the full length die. So I was just looking at what else I could get from there to get the free shipping. I don't think they're gonna give me free shipping for small primers, and I don't think I'm gonna make any money by reloading my two two three with primers that cost that much. Nope. Uh, these are the small bench rests. This is the, the style that's been available for quite a bit more than regular. So I was just I was just browsing to see what else they had for deals to to try to see what else to get. But if I get okay. the full length die, I just need to find some bullets now. Why don't we get into our main topic? Hey everybody, our main topic tonight is uh, sporting rifle and hyper hunting. I can't even talk hunting rifle competitions, and we have a special guest on tonight. His uh, name is Jay. Jay, thanks for coming on tonight and talking to us about thanks this. For, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. 
Now, Jay and I know each other. Uh, Jay is from the Hirona Gun Club, and he reached out to me recently. Well, it was last year, let's be honest, uh, and said, uh, hey, uh, would you be interested in coming up to Huronea and doing a maple seed? So uh, I said, sure, why not? And uh, I went up there and uh, before the show, I was just telling Jay that I thought that his gun club uh, has some of the best shooters I've ever seen um, and a bunch of really, um, well, let's say they're characters. Um, but also, as I said, there are some of the best shooters uh, that I've ever seen. And uh, one of the reasons is because they actually take their shooting very seriously. Um, but they also add that humor to it as well. They do a lot of practicing, a lot of competitions in that as well. So it, uh, I thought it was um, it was one of the best shoots that I've ever attended for a maple seed. Not only that, uh, Jay, what was your score for your rifleman? Uh, two four, yeah, two forty six. I think. Yeah. yeah it was hmm. Adriel, you have some competition. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, um, but uh, as we have had some conversations as well, Jay and I, um, but he's also heavily involved in other competitions as well. Um, he uh, specifically the sporting rifles. And I thought it was super interesting uh, that he's been doing this. Uh, but not only that, I thought it'd be great to have him on. Uh, because of the fact that not a lot of people know about the sporting rifle and hunting rifle competition. And it's something that's been around Canada for quite a long time. And it is something that I think can be an, an excellent opportunity to ex um, people to excel at and then take themselves to the next level, whether it's um, uh, shooting for Canada on an international stage as well. Um, but it is something that uh, I think that more people need to hear about as well. So um, thanks for coming on again, Jay. Um, but why don't we actually tell people, I've just given you everybody almost like your whole entire biography, but why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, like how long you've been shooting, um, where you're located in that as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. So yeah, my name is Jay. I'm located uh, central Ontario, so north of Barrie, yep. um, south of uh, Penetangshi. And uh, I've been shooting since I'm about seven years old, started with air rifles, air pistols, and whatnot. Um, bought my first restricted uh, pistol uh, back when I was 18, when I turned 18, and kind of was shot competitively in one way, shape, or form or another. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I also have a career that kind of surrounded firearms and, uh, and kind of increasingly so surrounded firearms and uh, training and the use of. So yep. uh, they've been a big part of my life. And uh, uh, got into this sport called Sporting Rifle uh, that, oddly enough, I didn't hear about until, uh, until uh, early last year. And, okay. Uh, Got into it and uh, got really bit by the bug, and and had some success with a lot of support. Uh, had some success in that sport, so it's been it's been a lot of fun. Well, fantastic. So specifically about sporting rifles, where is it available here in Canada to shoot? Are there many matches across the country, or there certainly are. It's available uh, typically across Canada. And it's okay. Canada's own match rifle sport. So it's our like official recognized match rifle sport. Um, it's administered by the Shooting Federation of Canada. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, matches are put on by the various provincial sport organizations. Um, and what it looks like, it looks very similar to uh, like an ISSF or international 50-meter uh, uh, rifle prone event or a, an ISSF 50-meter uh, rifle three-position event. That's what it looks like. But... The rules and technical requirements are are such that it keeps it very very affordable when compared to those other sports. Yeah. So the barrier to entry is really uh, is much is much lower. It's really easy to get into, but at the same time, it offers 
uh, a really wide uh, breast basis, so to speak, of of level of competition. So there you'll find matches basically at a local club level, a very simple local club level match to inner club matches where different clubs will, will host matches and potentially compete against each other uh, or pool uh, scores from all their members uh, into one bigger competition to provincial level championships. And then ultimately uh, to our uh, K national rifle championships. Right. So it's, it's quite a, uh, a variety of level of competition within that sport. Yeah. Do you want to talk about a little bit about the more of the history of it? I think it's been around for quite a while, hasn't it? It's been around since 1935. And, uh, it was basically started by a, com- by a company. Uh, it was the Ammunition Division of Canadian Industries Limited that started it. And uh, they started through uh, an awards program. So they called it the Dominion Marksman Awards Program. And from what I understand is ba- basically like clubs could mail in results and get re- rewards for, for scores and, and whatnot. So that's how it kind of started. Um, uh, so almost, uh, you know, we're getting close to it being 100 years old. From mm-hmm. there, it was uh, 1949. Uh, the official kind of shooting body for Canada, I think it was called the Canadian Association of Marksmen, took it over and actually applied uh, rules uh, and official targets and, and whatnot, kind of uh, really formalized the sport. And there was a time when this was kind of like the main rifle shooting sport in Canada before the internet, before the way we share information and whatnot. This apparently was it. And uh, um, uh, even, I mean, it was shot as, it was basically shot everywhere, including like in an unlikely location, like in the sub basement of UFT, they had a range yeah. shot this sport. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately that closed in 2007. Uh, since then it was, uh, kind of taken over or the stewardship of the sport was, was, uh, absorbed into the shooting Federation of Canada, which is our national sport organization. And that, uh, that organization, uh, basically, administrators are overseas, like our, our high level athletes, uh, uh yeah. you know, our national one and they competed on the world stage uh and the intention for sporting rifle was to be um basically a feeder sport or an introductory sport uh to give people the opportunity to kind of learn the ropes uh play with some of the equipment really get the skills down and and uh the equipment limitations kind of really it's all on you uh really force you to kind of hone your own marksmanship and then uh if you'd like to what and then from what i hear of and see of a lot of older shooters they kind of graduate into the issf what was called match rifle then and then free rifle and now it's called 50 meter rifle prone 50 meter rifle three position uh, so that's okay. what this sporting was meant to do um unfortunately though not too many people know about it because even though it's so old the way the sport was spread uh kind of hasn't changed it's never okay. really had an online presence it's always been kind of run by uh, or, or people's introduction to it usually came from a club that supported it. Okay. Um, uh, and uh, I, I found it by fluke. Uh, I was hunting for a, a match rifle sport or small bore rifle sport uh, to kind of sink my, my, get my, you know, get my hands into. Um, uh, and, and I was lucky to find it. And I found basically the only presence online I could find about it was a rule book on the uh, shooting Federation of Canada website and old scores. And between a rule book and old scores, I kind of pieced together what it looked like. And uh, I went hunting for a match. And the, the first match I could find was the, provi- the Ontario Provincial Championships. Um, and uh, so I registered in that, but not for sporting rifle, because I didn't have a rifle at the time for it. I registered in, okay. in its sister. And that's called hunting rifle. And hunting rifle is uh, was basically started by the Shooting Federation of Canada. And the rules are included in the sporting rifle rule book. They're right at the end. And what it was meant to do is... Uh, you basically shoot the sporting rifle match, okay. but you 
use any 22 rifle you got. So it was meant to really make the barrier entry simple. And yeah. you could show up, run what you brung kind of thing. There's no limitation to sights, the rifle, anything like that. The only thing is, is if you have a quick adjustable stock, you just need to make it such that you, you can't adjust it on the fly while you're shooting. Okay. Um, so that said, the limitation hunting rifle is that you can't use any shooting clothing, like ISSF-approved clothing. Like right. A, a I want to talk about that, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. <laughs> well, not knowing about it, I actually learned a lot about the stuff shooting the sport, and um, it's kind of neat to see the misconceptions or what the purpose of it is and, and all that good stuff. So uh, I registered for that, and um, uh, I was excited. But I, I kind of delved more into this aperture shooting because I had no experience with it. Uh, and so I ended up buying a rifle. It was a, a Savage Mark One FET, and started playing with it. I printed the targets from the mm. website, and I ended up emailing the match director the week before the week before the provincial championships. And I and I uh, I got a hold of him. He and I said, Hey, can, I want to kind of try the sporting rifle. Can I? It's the only match I can find or, you know, that's near me that's soon. Can I? Can I shoot in it? He goes, Yeah, absolutely, no problem. He says, Here's the thing, though. One consideration. At the championship level, we usually like people start, you know, maybe at a club level because at the at the provincial championship level, you're not shooting at a paper anymore for sporting rifle. You're shooting at the like the eyes of the Olympic uh, electronic target. So yeah. if you miss at that, you're kind of on the hook for a few thousand bucks for this thing. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, he says, "How about this? Sh- like shoot some groups uh, for 50 meters, uh, take a picture, send it to me, and let's see where you're at." <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, so I uh, I did that. I, uh, I I took a picture of it and I thought like I was doing awesome because I'm hitting the like the aiming dot of the right. target in a second. So I'm hitting the, the, the black aiming dot, no problem. I, I, I got this. This is great. And I emailed to him. He goes, okay, yeah, that'll, that'll do. Uh, so yeah, you're registered. <laughs> so I show up at this thing wearing like a golf shirt and slacks uh, and I got this Savage Mark 1 FET and uh, sure enough, come dead last. Absolutely dead last, but I had a great time. Uh, but in hunting rifle though, uh, I got silver uh, in second in the provincial championship. So I was, and I got bit. And I really got bit. Mm. I treated it like I treat every well. I shouldn't say like I treat every sport, but I treat it. I think it's kind of human nature. Uh, and a lot of shooting sports that we're used to can they have the potential to become like a little bit of a gear race. So I kind of looked at, oh, okay, I need better stuff. Uh, so I went shopping and I got myself like an Ash Andrews match rifle and the jacket. Mm-hmm. The ca- in the caboodle and i go to my club and i shoot a practice like i you know i set it up just like it is i have the wind flags going and i shoot uh i shoot like a mock match shoot the exact same score i shot provincials with the savage <laughs> so nothing, <laughs> nothing changed for me there uh so that's what it became real for me um i was like okay so i got some i got some work to do, I got some practice to do so i emailed this match director again and i said uh look i, I kind of want to make this my sport i'm i'm i've been shooting all my life this was really a big ego, che- like ego check for me, uh, and I found it very rewarding because uh, I yeah. thought, like, you know, I know how to shoot, and um, but uh, but in this sport, I really don't. And uh, so I said, any pointers you can give me or whatever else. And he took a lot of time on his day uh, and and typed up basically like a little bit of a training regimen from dry fire to live fire, hmm. uh, some so, you know just a good a good little package to practice uh, with. And unbeknownst to me, this fella I didn't know at the time, and I found out after nationals, um, he's a former Olympian. His name's Pat Van Plu. He's an awesome human being, yeah. and uh, so I ended up getting a lot of guidance uh, from him, and I stuck to it. Um, I drive fired twice a day, morning before I went to work, when I got home. And I tried to actually do live fire once or twice a week at, at minimum if I could. Yeah. Um, I practiced like crazy, uh, got to go to uh, our national competition here in Ontario. Um, mm-hmm. 
for our rifle check Canadian rifle championships. It was a week after your maple seed, actually. So I shot yeah. the maple seed the Saturday before, which was awesome practice for it. It worked out really well. And uh, so with all the support I had uh, from Pat, uh, friends and family, who like the amount of support was, was, it was, was unreal. They have their stories. Um, uh, and I was, I was very fortunate to win that national championship. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, I appreciate that. But I, I, I feel like I, um, like those competitors are awesome and they can mm-hmm. definitely shoot better than me. So luck was a major factor. Uh, but I, I made it my life for like the three months before that, that championship. It was, uh, it, it, and it was the most fun of shooting I had. It was, it was, it was truly amazing. Wow. Uh, those two days. Um, well, yeah, it's that foray into sporting right Yeah. I know how dedicated you are to actually shooting and also to uh, making the perfect shot. Obviously I spent some time with you prior to that as well. And then you you also actually, you did send me a message afterwards as well, just to tell me how well you did. So it was fantastic to see your results. So congratulations on that. I appreciate that. And thank you for all the help. Like that, that maple is, uh, that was, uh, I think it was a, a major contributor to that for to confidence to uh, technique and just focus and uh, it was it was awesome you guys put on a great course well thank so you again I have a question for Jay okay so what's the difference between sporting and hunting so sporting rifle uh, it's a technical uh, requirements of the rifle is different so for sporting okay. rifle the rifle can't use a scope. It has to have open sights, and we usually use aperture sights. Actually, I'll pull the rifle off. So yeah, why don't you actually do that? Because it's totally different than the 1022 that you brought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was a, uh, a T-Bolt. Oh, sorry. Uh, yes. Browning T-Bolt uh, Sporter yeah. Yeah. Uh, from Mapleseed. But uh, so this is an Anschutz 1903 uh, Junior KK match rifle. Uh, and this is what I use in a sporting rifle. Uh, the first regulation for sporting rifle obviously can't have a scope, so you have to use aperture sights or open sights. The next big regulation is it can't weigh more than four kilograms. Uh, okay. So anything as fired. So if it's over four kilograms, you can't compete with it. So that's about half the weight of an ISSF or like an Olympic match rifle. The next big requirement is your trigger uh, has to have, or it's, it's pull weight has to be basically more than a kilogram. So the test for it is they'll actually pick up a one kilogram weight and, and the trigger has to be able to support that one kilogram weight, one centimeter off a flat surface. So that's how they, they t- in the equipment inspection. Um, and that's basically, uh, that's basically it. So, uh, it's quite the challenge. Um, when you consider that you're not allowed to use slings, you're not allowed to use hand stops, no artificial support whatsoever. It's just basically you and the rifle hmm. uh, and you're looking to hit, I'll get the target out. Actually. Yeah. Why don't, so when you said that you thought that you were pretty good when you were able to get it. So, I thought it was yeah. pretty good. With, well, I'll start with the 50 meter target. So this is what a 50 meter target looks like. So I was hitting in the, 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 the black aiming dot. And I thought I was, I thought I was, okay, we're good. <laughs> we're good. No, your target, what you're trying to hit is the X ring. And it's about the size of a nickel at 50 hmm. meters off hand. So, and, and these folks hit it. Like, like it's, uh, they can just pick away at it all day long. Your 10 ring is just a little bit bigger than that. And anything outside of that, at that level, you ain't competitive. <laughs> like if you, you got to be hitting that all the time. And um, this is unsupported. Completely unsupported. It's in wow. your hands. Yeah. Uh, now, it's just funny how it works. Like the slightest thing, like the, it's you really have to perfect it. It's 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 um it, it's it's it, 
it's just a lot of work. I find I I say it's akin to fitness. So uh, when I train for it, I can train. You know, it's it's you can work out, work out, work out, and you get better. And just like this, you can train for it and, and get yeah. better. But the moment mm-hmm. you kind of stop and relax, you and you go back into it, you notice like you've you've lost it. You gotta you kind of get that fitness level back up again. So um, that's what I find with it. It's it really truly is a discipline in every sense of the word, and it's deceiving because you think, oh, I can hit that no problem. I can hit this thing all day long. Yeah, no, no, no. You're you're trying to hit that. <laughs> and it's uh, um, because there's folks out there that do all the time. And uh, it's not a matter of gaining points. It's you don't want to lose any points. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're shooting for perfection. A match looks uh, is shot in three series. So um, you have uh, three 30-minute sessions to shoot 20 scoring rounds and unlimited slider. So you have a lot of time. Um, uh, so you shoot 60 rounds in a match. And there are people out there that will shoot 600s. No problem. And, uh, uh, and wow. there's one fellow that I know of in particular that, that can just absolutely crush it. So he can hit that nickel uh, 60 times in a row with, with at 50 ball. meters, okay. 50 meters off. with aperture sights or with, sights. Yeah, right, jacket, so with, shooting jacket or no shooting jacket. Yes. So. So a rifle, you can use a shooting jacket and it has to be an ISSF approved shooting yeah. jacket. So there's the basic requirements are there's a technical side and a fit side. So the technical side, it can only be made of uh, leather or canvas. And the panels that it's made out of can't be any more than, I think it's two and a half millimeters thick. So it can't be any thicker than that. The fit side uh, is that they actually measure how it fits you. And it has to it has to adhere to all the ISF requirements for fit. So there's very little advantage to be gained as far as like uh, clothing fit and tightness and whatnot. Like so, like for instance, presumably, or what you see in hunting rifle, because there's no uh, uh, regulation on clothing other than it can't be too tight. Uh, but you can't use ISF approved clothing. What you'll see is people will usually wear like a sweater and then like a jean jacket over top to try and uh, and then they have what's called a dowel test for that. They'll if if they can't shove a dowel in in like your waist or whatnot, then you can't wear. Uh, but for the ISSF jacket, they, you get the same test that your uh, Olympic shooters get yeah. or uh, world competitors get. They, they have all the, the Federation and ISSF testing equipment there. You show up for your pre-inspection and they, they go through it. It's a process and they go mm-hmm. through everything. That's yeah, pretty it's, serious. It's, it's pretty neat. So yeah. the fit portion is it has to be um, – uh, uh, it has to close by buttons. And the one machine uh, basically has to be able to pull that button seven centimeters past its hole. So they don't fit very tightly. Um, And what I say that the shooting jacket's akin to is essentially uh, making an even playing field as far as clothing fit. You're allowed one underlayer and it can't be more than a certain thickness. So like one undershirt. And I just wear like a long sleeve. It's it's just like an under armor shirt. And then uh, um, the shooting jacket. And, uh, and it has to fit in that, in that fashion. What it does for me or what I found shooting with the jacket, without the jacket, is two things. I find it somewhat limits heartbeat, like your pulse effect on the rifle. And mm. uh, the other thing it does is it kind of works with the shooting mat that you're allowed to use. And I have that too, in where the elbows have a pad and it kind of provides yeah. a little bit of grip for your elbow. So you don't get like a slip effect. Mm. When you settle in your prone position, you kind of settle and you're less prone to have your elbow slip. That's, that's essentially the two things I find it does. And then keep the level playing field from competitor, competitor, to competitor, as right. far as how it can fit. Cause it all fits you the same. Right. So is it, is it 60 rounds, 20 standing, 20 seated, 20 prone? So there's two different competitions for sporting rifle. You have sporting rifle prone and sporting rifle three position. For sporting rifle prone, it's 60 rounds prone, shot in 20 round series. 
So you'll mm -hmm. shoot 20 rounds within a 30 minute time limit with unlimited ciders. And then you get, it's typically five to eight minutes between series. And then you'll go again, 30 minutes for 20 scoring rounds and unlimited ciders. And then again, 30 minutes for 20 scoring rounds and unlimited ciders. Now at the provincial and, um, uh, uh, national championship level because you're shooting on the electric targets your ciders have to occur at the beginning once you switch to the match so like uh, when the competition starts your electron target will be set to ciders so you yeah. can sit there, you, can, you can spend as much time as you want shooting ciders the moment you hit the match button and you you flip over to the match side you can't go back to the ciders you, hmm. every shot you fire then on are scoring rounds if it's a lower level match where you're shooting the paper target like I just had you can go back and forth between your ciders and, and scoring rounds as much as you like. Uh, they don't regulate that. Uh, for the three-position side, it's the same uh, three series of 20 rounds each, except the first one will be prone in 30 minutes. Okay. The second one will be standing, uh, 20 rounds standing in 30 minutes with unlimited ciders. And the third will be 20 rounds kneeling um, in 30 minutes with unlimited ciders. And that's what you're kneeling. Doing. Got it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. prone, standing, then kneeling. And it's a it's a tough one to, to hit that 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 nickel <laughs> standing is is hard at fifty meters with wind. Yeah. So where were you shooting at your match at? I actually I know, but yes, yeah, so people the, who are uh, listening don't know. Both the provincial championships and our our national championships were shot the uh, Pan Am range in Cookstown, Ontario. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was built, I think, was it 2015 or before uh, for the Pan Am Games? Yeah. And it's um, has two big advantages. as has a really big 50-meter uh, uh, rifle range uh, for match rifle, which is great. And then it has a massive air rifle range upstairs. I don't know if you got to, I hope you got to see that. It's pretty cool. I did. <laughs> that's pretty nifty. Yeah. It's quite, yeah. So, so that's usually where it's held. So these matches, is it always at an ISSF range or can you shoot it at, are there matches at other ranges as well? You, that's the beauty of this. You can shoot this anywhere. So okay. um, the, the provincial championships, at least in Ontario are shot there in other uh, provinces, their provincial championships, they, they can, they shoot them anywhere. Um, uh, and obviously our national championships are shot at the Pan Am range, but right. club level uh, matches, they're shot on just a normal range. And, what we have is 20-yard uh, targets for indoor ranges and club-level matches. I guess they settled on 20 yards thinking that most ranges have about 20 yards to work with, yeah. you know, at minimum. So then you have your 20-yard target, and that looks like this guy. Hmm. Your 20-yard target. Tiny. It's <laughs> tiny. Yeah, it's tiny. And what I don't know if you can see it, but your X-ring is just less than the diameter of a 22 bullet. So mm -hmm. that's you're trying to hit something that, say – it's three quarters basically diameter of a 22 bullet. That's what you're trying to hit. Um, and that's done in both prone and, and three position as well. Um, but that's your 20 yard paper target. See matches are held everywhere. And that's what, that's the series I'm shooting right now is an indoor series. And it's actually, you'd laugh. I, I have a harder time at 20 yards on that target than I do at 50 meters. No, I'm not, and I'm not, I'm it, not surprised by that actually. And it was a natural point of aim because mm -hmm. with every mm -hmm. shot you find, you have to completely reset yeah. and set up on a new bullseye. And it's, it's a, a challenge. And the other thing too, with the indoor competition I'm doing right now is that it's a, a monthly series or it's a series that spans several months. So it was almost easier to have like the big deadline and to dedicate yourself to train, 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 and get ready. And then after that kind of relax and then, okay, I got this little indoor thing coming up. 
you know, I'll, I'll go shoot it without that kind of pre-preparation practice. And then the ongoing kind of commitment, it's tough. Like it's, mm. uh, there, and there's shooters that are really, they get after it. They, they really do. It's, it's, it's hard. It's demanding that way, but it's, um, it's really rewarding. Your progress is, is measurable to the nth degree. Uh, and, uh, actually this indoor, uh, match the it's called the LSBA LSBAs. It's the Lakeshore Small Bore Association set of matches. It starts with like in November and it goes till March. And okay. what I, what I really liked about it, although my scores aren't as, as high as I wanted and uh, I made a few mistakes, it was the best learning experience. It's actually been I'm actually happy the way it's turned out because without it going this way, I wouldn't have learned what I learned. And uh, um, it, I'll, I'm going to be all the better for it. So what did you learn? Like, okay, so two big things. Uh, <laughs> One, the, what I just said, like, uh, uh, it, it, it's, it was a definitely a big reminder of my approach to this war is that, uh, you have to have the commitment to training to at that level. You don't have to have it at the, like the, at the club level, make it fun. And at the end of the day, it's not a, it's a, it's a recreational sport from the club level to the national level. Like no one's getting yeah. paid to do that. Uh, this is for fun and for your own, you know, your own enjoyment. But, um, it was just a good reminder that that ongoing you know treat it like you would treat fitness um and secondly uh um that national that national uh, natural point aim thing was really important but and lastly mistakes uh how to handle when things go wrong so i had it where um, i double bullseye yeah and um it totally kind of locked me up like it, it uh, and i i really like I, it was a really big mess up i shouldn't have, i shouldn't have double shot it and I completely forgot the rule book and under the stress and pressure and pressure and whatnot, I, I kind of kept shooting and I kind of cheated myself out of some points where one fellow who runs a match, he's been like a bit of a mentor and a coach to me was like, no, no, man. Like, remember the rule book. If you do apple shoot a target, you can, you can print two scoring rounds on one bullseye. That's in the rule book. You just shouldn't have printed a round on the next bullseye. You should have skipped it. So mm. it's just keeping your head under pressure. And when things go wrong, yeah, that was really important. And then I had another experience where, uh, things were kind of going wrong with me because uh, I didn't I didn't keep up my drive fire, and uh, I actually I felt like I handled it really well. Where I just I I was like, no, this isn't going the way I wanted to. So I stopped what I was doing and I completely reset. Kind of treated everything like a polish. Like I rebuilt the position, rebuilt everything, and yep. treated it like a checklist. And I went back to ciders and I found it again. And I just think like it was a great experience of okay, yeah, you got to keep a cool head under pressure don't let it get to you and just go back right back to the beginning and st start over. And it worked, it worked really well that way. So without this going wrong, um, I wouldn't have had those little lessons and they're just, they're just good. They're good reminders. So. Yeah. It's the mental piece. It's 90% of the game. You have the skill. I actually know you have the skill because I've seen you shoot, but it's the mental piece. Um, as long as you have that. Um, yeah. Um, what else do you want to tell us about specifically about I, sporting and hunting right uh hunting rifle competitions i think it needs to be said and i think it's really really important uh i will cut maybe maybe two things um first and really really importantly uh the uh female representation of the sport is is pretty yeah. cool um yeah we have ladies that are just shooting lights out um and uh they it, you really need to see it it's it's awesome. Uh, one lady that I shoot with quite regularly now at this indoor club, um, Tatiana. She came she came second at that nationals, uh, but she did it with a rifle that she's borrowing, and her training time is extremely limited. 
had nowhere near the level of support that I had, uh, the equipment that I had, uh, and uh, she crushes it. So like it's and our provincial champion and our national champion for hunting rifle uh, is uh, is lady out of Toronto, and and she like I said can shoot the lights out. As I was, I'm not kidding when I say there's a, there's competitors out that are a lot like. I don't feel like I won anything. I think I was really lucky because uh, I'm still learning. And uh, these people are very, very, very good. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it's, uh, but in particular, the the female representation there, they're, they're dominating. They're, they're very strong shooters. Uh, and uh, it's just cool to see. You got to go see yeah. it. Yeah. And that's exactly, uh, there's a level, as you said, when you uh, messaged me recently, it's a level playing field. Uh, we can have women, we can have um, men on the firing line and it's, it's, it's exactly that. It's a level playing field. And I think that this sport is so inclusive as well. There's not a lot of word about sporting rifles. And I was surprised at actually how many people didn't know about it. Um, how many people are, by the way, how many people are at the nationals that we're shooting at? So if I remember correctly, I told there's only about 20 at this, at this year's nationals. There wasn't that many, yeah. um, in years past, there certainly was a lot more. I think pre COVID, there was still quite a lot of representation. This was the first one post COVID. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. so it didn't look like the numbers were the rep, the representation was quite, quite there's usually the, your mainstay shooters were there. Uh, the ones that, that typically go and shoot it, mm -hmm. but you just the same the same level number usually i have a photo in there where you you could normally expect double that but okay. um and then in the lsbas oh boy i want to say there's like in the current little indoor thing that i'm shooting now which is it's small yeah and i think they're they got to be close to somewhere between 40 and 60 shooters somewhere in that and that's just like an inter-club thing that they're doing um so it has the potential to be certainly bigger yeah but what i'm finding is that it just hasn't, it, it just, it just has no presence, no online presence. So, yeah. and I kind of asked the, like the, the rifle chair, or I've, I've spoken to the rifle chair about it in that, you know, it's not like I've been in, involved in firearms all my life. And I only found out about this early last year. So mm -hmm. I said, that I, I asked respectfully if we could just do something to increase the presence. It has nothing to do with like, you know, me or anyone else or what I just, but show the sport. Yeah. And, kind of you know right now it's it's kind of a, if you build it they will come kind of thing the matches are there the, yep. the events are there, else up there but just no one really knows that they're there so mm -hmm. it's yeah. just more or less get the word out the other thing too is it's really cool because the you don't it it's not a gear race uh uh or in the same sense yeah. that we might associate it to other sports like for instance like tatiana who came who came second in nationals and she's a way better shooter than i am um like she deserved it way more than I did. I was lucky, uh, and that, that's the only way I can I can I can I can say. Um, but uh, she did it with a rifle that's typically four to five hundred bucks. Okay. Um, hmm. She did it with no other equipment, uh, so no shooting jacket. No, she did it with a mat, a rifle, and a mat, mm -hmm. and uh, um, and with a rifle that she can't even train with and practice with, and she crushed it. So it's, it's, uh, you can be competitive with this sport or in this sport with a very simple rifle. There's very little yeah. advantage way or, or the other, um, uh, other than maybe a little bit of fit and adjustability, but besides that, so for someone who does other precision sports like ORPS, CRPS, if you want to get good at your positional shooting and, and all those fundamentals, this is your game. And I would, I wouldn't shy away from doing both because it would, you would absolutely improve without a doubt. Yeah. 
What does a range need to run one of these things? It sounds like it's run like yeah. relay style where you got a whole bunch of people shooting on a line, right? Do they yeah. just like roll in whenever they want to, or do you all start them at like the exact same time? So you do you just have to have one time time uh, stopwatch? You can do it any way you want, but you're probably you're probably best to do it at one uh, start time, simply because yeah. like you put up all your targets. All you need is twenty yards, uh, a mat, and a spotting scope, and your rifle. That's all you really need uh, to to run one at your club, and and obviously the target. So you know, buy the target pack, and, and you're good to go. Uh, and you can run a sporting rifle match at your club. Um, basically, yeah, uh, uh, have everyone on the firing line. Uh, so call them to the firing line. Uh, just tell them you know you have 30 minutes for 20 scoring shots, and on the start command, start, and off you go. You shoot you, you shoot many sighters uh, uh, as you want, and, and shoot your scoring rounds, and, and that's that. Uh, huh. And then what? 30 minutes is done, or if anyone, if everyone is done shooting before 30 minutes, you can make the line safe, go get your target, put up another one, and get after it. That's basically it. it sounds like something you wouldn't want to do at Chaz or at uh, Sherwood Park, do you think? Seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. You could even, especially as an introductory thing, I would say try one series or uh, pare it down. Instead of 30 minutes uh, for 20 scoring shots, do 15 minutes and 10 and let people try it uh, and just see the, like, feel it out for, for what it is and the challenges and whatnot and, and, and measure how you do. Uh, like I said, it, it, shooting can be fun. Like, it doesn't have to be all yeah. official. <laughs> Go enjoy yourself. <laughs> you could even, you don't necessarily even need to, the, the Shooting Federation might, might not like me for this, but <laughs> you can go to the website and they have the link that says buy targets. Uh, you go to that link find the the 20 yard and 50 meter sporting rifle targets they have a pdf of the target that you can download and what you can do at home is download pdf print it but select actual size and what you'll get is then the eight and a half by 11 section of the target and you'll get like say four bullseyes out of the, this one and you'll get one out of the 50 meter one print those off it'll be the exact same like the bullseye will be the exact right size and shoot it uh, yep. check it out and see how you do. Um, and that, that, that would be my, my biggest rec- recommendation is try. That's what I did to try it, to get into it. And like I said, uh, it was, it was, uh, giving a shot, just get, go up there, give it a shot. And I was hooked. Yeah. So is your suggestion for somebody who is actually interested by what you're saying, is it to pro- the progression that you took? So from hunting rifles to sporting rifles, and then potentially actually going to the next level as well. We've been talking about it before um, we actually uh, started tonight about how it could be feeder. It could be a feeder sport for other, like for example, for international shooting as well, because there is the potential for that as well. Yeah. So from the from the from the basic introduction side of things don't buy anything call a match director email the fsc uh, sfc or email uh, on target say you want to try sporting rifle they will put you in touch with someone um or find you a match and just go and try it borrow Hmm. equipment uh don't buy a damn darn thing if you want to try hunting rifle um you can literally do this at your home range print uh the section of target take your 22 and whatever its configuration because it any 22 counts uh, with any site, any whatever, and uh, set up and try shooting it offhand and uh, in that same kind of format and see how you do. Uh, if you want to get into it more seriously uh, and start buying uh, buying equipment, yep. all you need is a good mat, uh, like a good shooting mat, a 
a spotting scope and I use, you're going to laugh, a $60 Amazon.ca spotting scope is the best darn thing for this sport. It works so great. <laughs> and uh, you need just a, a rifle that weighs four kilograms or left, less as fired, yep. has open sights or aperture sights, and its trigger can pick up a one kilogram weight. That's all, all I right. need after it. Awesome. Okay. Uh, for the next level, or I should say into ISSF stuff, yeah. uh, it's a, it, where it's a really cool feeder sport is like at the provincial championship level and then actually at the national championship level, you shoot alongside those ISSF shooters. So like our national team was there for both those events. It was kind of like, that was the only intimidating thing is like, you're there on the same line doing some pre-event training or, and seeing them practice and shoot. And these are our Canadian national team members. Like they're our Olympians. These are, those are them that they're, they're right there and they're, they shoot beside you. Uh, it is the coolest. Um, and what was really cool to see is, uh, our event, like the sporting rifle, hunting rifle events, were the last two events of the nationals championships. Okay. Uh, two of the uh, female shooters, um, Cindy Luck and uh, uh, Shannon Westgate, both came to the awards, um, our awards, like little award ceremony. So this is well after their event. They were done and packed up and gone. <clears throat> and both of them came just to see our, our shooters. So it was really cool to see. You'll, so you get to network, you get to see what's involved. It's just the cost barriers a lot less. The uh, <clears throat> opportunity to learn the ropes is there. Um, and, uh, and, and you have such a wide range of level of competition to try. That's awesome. Um, okay. So when you're talking about the cost barrier, uh, can you mm-hmm. give us a breakdown of one, how much a rifle costs two, how much you're actually shooting jacket and everything costs so that people don't think about it. Yeah. So, and I, actually, this is kind of a neat thing. My setup, I spent about the most money you can spend in the sport. So, uh, if if it exists and it can be used in the sport, I bought it. Um, I'm not proud to say it, but I, I treat it that way. Um, but uh, so on the high end, this is at like the absolute high, high, high end. Like this is the you really can't spend any more in it. The rifle that Ant shoots is roughly 1,600 new uh, okay. from by two different stores uh that's um tessero and nordic marksman the sites are typically three to four hundred dollars on top of that uh the and shoot shooting jacket is roughly two hundred dollars um the mat is uh roughly a hundred a hundred dollars a shooting glove is 40 and the visor i use a visor uh it was like 12 uh that is essentially all in uh, and not including your ammo. You'll want to shoot decent ammo. Now, I say that you people are just as competitive without that, and then and there's people uh, with this that aren't as competitive. Like it's a, it, I don't look at it as a gear race. It's not like, um, um, you know, watching warm fat for CRPS or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's such a gear race, <clears throat> which yeah. is cool. I mean, that is awesome. But you don't need to do that to be competitive. You can easily – like I'll give you an example – I still have my Mark One FVT. Um, I shoot them both basically the same. I'll, I will now print the same score between the two rifles. The only so that's a five hundred dollar rifle versus you know sixteen hundred dollar plus sights uh, rifle, and I can okay. shoot them both. I don't find there's a big difference between the two, other than the Savage is a little less forgiving. So it's easier for something to go wrong, like the stock kind of slips on the shoulder. Um, uh, it doesn't quite fit as well, uh, but it's just as accurate. Um, 
it's just not quite as forgiving. But you can with with the practice, you could put the same score. You don't you don't need this rifle. Uh, likewise, you can find a, a very capable uh, CIL, so Canadian Industries Limited, um, uh, one ninety. Uh, which is basically this really cool. They CIL made a rifle for the sport. There's a purpose-built gun for it. They imported Anschutz actions and yeah. they barreled them with Canadian barrels and put a Canadian-made stock on it. And it was built specifically for uh, for sporting rifle. That gun can be had for typically around five hundred dollars at auction right now. And they are honestly, in a lot of ways, they're probably better suited than this Anschutz. Because the Anschutz that I'm using to meet the weight requirement, it's a junior rifle. It's a smaller rifle, uh, so I could probably fit better to a full-size match rifle but it wouldn't qualify in weight for this competition so uh you can for 500 dollars, you can get into the sport with like an insanely competitive rig so it's not the gear race like used to in other sports Uh, which is why again i put it out like put the challenge out there to our our crps and rps shooters try getting if you can get into this you will get better like it's uh for that position um, uh offhand shooting uh there's it's the deepest dive into the fundamentals I've ever taken. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. like you get how your muscles feel, what's what should be tension, what shouldn't be exactly like, and, and to find that same position every time. And the other big lesson I learned is like to when to abandon the shot and reset. Uh, that's a huge piece of it. Um yeah. so it, it's there's a lot of learning there and it's it's more akin to work like like fitness work. It isn't the same entertainment, but the rewards, the personal rewards just like fitness stuff is it's amazing it's like no one wants to go and do a, a crossfit workout but when you're done <laughs> it's, with it's it, you feels feel awesome <laughs> like, if I can put it, this is kind of the same category as that um that that's kind of the thing uh so yeah it's it it's it's really rewarding in that sense perfect so what so, do you so people that are listening uh but before we get to there actually uh adriel i know that you've been jumping in mo uh you've been jumping in as well do you have any more questions for jay i'm not so nice as to wait with my questions until the end i just kind of <laughs> throw them in when i feel like it um so to what you said uh i knew what you meant but for people that are aren't into sports shooting so when you say abandoning a shot what do you what do you oh, mean by that question. So I mean aborting it. So like um, uh, you're setting up for your shot, you're taking aim, and something's just not perfect. You might even be partway through your trigger press. Something's just not perfect. Like it looks good. It feels okay, but just something's a little bit off. Maybe your sights are just moving ever so slightly or you feel tension in a certain part of your body or whatever the case would be. Abort it. Stop. Reset. Right? Um, Because you're trying to fire the perfect, perfect, perfect shot every time. And it's on demand repetitively so you might get it you know it's the difference between getting it once and being able to get it every time no matter what and that's that's what you're striving for um and and that's what that's kind of what's cool about it consistency yeah yeah not dropping those points so do you want to tell people about where uh, i i'm going to be sharing the um the information that you sent to us uh so Mm -hmm. you you wrote about it but do you want to tell us a little bit about you what so do you have a YouTube channel? I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, no. So um, <laughs> I started since this whole adventure, I'm not really an online, like I don't have a big online presence, but uh, I felt I just really wanted to get the word out about this sport. So I kind of felt compelled to like, I need to do something about this sport. I don't want it to be about me, but I want it to be about the sport. And cause it deserves 
it deserves to be known about and it deserves to have people wanting to try it. So I kind of figured, well, what are the kind of best ways I can do it? Well, first of all, there's no information about the sport other than the darn rule book. Mm-hmm. So I wrote like a blog article um, and I, I, I wrote all that. I even sent it to uh, caliber press. I said, I don't want credit. Like take the darn thing. If you think you could use this, I just like, let people know that it exists. Put it out there. Right. Yeah. Put it out there. Uh, I don't want anything. I don't, don't put my name on you. Here you go. Gift. If, if, if it were, if you like it, use it. If not, I never heard back, but if I, so I ended up putting a, I ended up making a blog, like a WordPress press blog. And I just posted that there just so that there was something that someone can read and with pictures and be like, Oh, okay. That's what it is. And then I kind of thought, well, there's going to be no traffic associated to that. I mean, unless you kind of get there. So I started this like little amateur YouTube channel. It's called Redleaf Rimfire. Yep. It has all the everything. And uh, it's it's really just supposed to be about the sport. And it's kind of turned into like uh, um, a fun, like we've had a couple of like other YouTubers I'd never met before. I have no idea. Like they ended up stumbling onto it and they sent me a challenge to do. So it's kind nice. of gone round robin for these little, like little fun, nifty shooting challenges. And it's just basically having simple, safe, fun uh, with rifles that work or equipment that works for the sport. And just so that people can see it. Um, I'm hoping to film a match um, there's just a few hoops I have to jump through to be able to do it. One's like technical with it. like, what can I, I don't, I have an, an iPhone to do this with. I, I have my current iPhone and my old one. Hmm. That's what That's I'm doing. Doable. And yeah, my, my, my cam, my tripod quote unquote right now is a foldy camp chair with a cup holder. <laughs> so, and, uh, I use iMovie to edit my videos. So, nice. uh, yeah, so, try, and I don't want to go past that. I'm happy with that, but I just, really, I need to figure out how to film it and then how to edit it so that it's, it's. I'll be the first to say, this is not a spectator sport. <laughs> it's, it, watching a sporting rifle match would be like watching paint dry. But for the shooter, it's amazing. It's um, fun, yeah. Yeah. But, the na- I mean, the national match is kind of cool because they'll have it on a – they have like a screen with all – like you actually see where your hits are because like, it's electronic targets. It's actually really cool. Um, so uh, for spectators there, it's pretty interesting because you can see exactly – like with every shot taken, you see exactly where they go on this big, big screen TV. But um, – uh, so I need to, I'm trying to work out a way where it's entertaining. The other thing I have planned is uh, I want to interview people. So I'm going to interview the fellow that's putting, that administers this indoor uh, set of matches uh, at my, at the club that I go to. I want to interview a fellow by the name of Lou Anderson, who's like a kind of the godfather of sporting rifle here in Ontario. Uh, he, he kind of sets all this up. I'd like to interview Pat uh, Van Plew and just kind of get them talking about the sport. Uh, and uh, from there, um, yeah, if they're willing to, uh, these female competitors that shoot the lights out, I'd like, I'd love to do something and like just showcase their shooting. Cause it needs to be seen. Uh, these ladies can shoot. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's like you, I, I, you gotta see it is the best have way. Have an open it. house, have an open I house to do your shooting range and, and just have, a, or even just the ladies stay with a demo up there as so well. I, and this is what I'd love to see. Like, and this is kind of about with kind of connecting with the shooting federation of Canada was like things like this. Like if they did come kind of an open house, like put on by the federation at the Pan Am range, all like sporting rifle competitors would easily bring and donate their equipment to be utilized. Like a ladies day, have them come out, have them try it. Uh, mm-hmm. Or, or if they have them come out, have them try it. I don't need to be there. Here's the stuff. Go try it. Um, uh, and if they like, that's what I mean, simple things. And then with their social media platforms, I was just hoping like, just tell Canada that this sport exists. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, period. Like that, that's all I, all I was really looking for. Uh, because I think a lot of other sports get a lot of, pub- not public, but, but people aren't afraid to, to, 
to show what the sport is. And I think that's just okay. that this sport deserves it. It's, it's really, really cool. And, and there's the people that are shooting the sport deserve it. They, they are truly amazing people. Uh, very welcoming. And like I said, I had uh, a ton of support from people. I didn't even know they were, so, they were like, it was great. It was phenomenal. Um, awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So people, I'm going to actually, what I'll do is I'll take the, um, the vlog that you, you did or the blog that you did and I'll post it as well. And we'll recommend people go to the uh, YouTube channel as well. Oh, look at that. Uh, somebody put it up already. So, oh, well, really, uh, yeah. so, um, but the other thing that I actually wanted to tell everybody about is um, if there's matches or anything like that up in uh, Huronia, uh, go up and visit because it's one of the nicest and most beautiful places in Ontario as well. Hmm. And you have some of the best shooters I can actually say in Ontario as well. You guys have put, do you want to talk about the uh, program that you put together? Um, the one with um, pistol and rifle and, and everything. Yeah. Do you want to talk about so that? I appreciate that. Yeah. So we, we started this thing. It's just this, <laughs> we made it up. So we, it was one of <laughs> you did not make it up. You actually, t- <laughs> but it's awesome. Go ahead. Yeah. We, we totally made it up. So I wanted like, well, myself and a few other people, we wanted a, like a, a club level game or sport to play that was kind of more applicable or practical to just practical use of firearm like that we can do lawfully here in Canada, like hunting, say. Right. Yeah. And we also have a lot of trappers at a club that have, and a few of them have ATCs. So they actually use restricted firearms, pistols for their trapping activities. They're licensed to do that. And they, they, they're, and they're very good at it. Like um, they're serious about this stuff. Like it's, it's actually, it's a, it's a really neat thing. They, I took the course, but I didn't go on that road, but it's, it's, it's a, it's cool to learn about. So yeah. we put together this thing called the Practical Conditions League. We haven't done it now in a little while. We kind of took a break from it, but uh, it's a it's a setup. It's a course of fire. So basically, you have a course of fire for rifle and really rimfire rifle, and it's kind of sort of modeled after maple seed. So it's you, the rifle, and your sling. And then we have a course of fire for pistol, and the, everything's free. The manual, you just take the manual, print it, read it, uh, take the targets, print them, and use them, and uh, and shoot this course of fire. It's just meant to be a, a, just a fun challenge to measure your skill um, and to kind of keep progressing. That's really what it was about. Uh, so it was, And it's been a lot of fun. All we have for that is a Facebook group. It's not very active. Like I said, we haven't shot in a while uh, in, the, in the last few months or yeah. safe five months but we'll get back into it like it's just it's kind of a do it as you want to do it um and that's it but yeah if you if you look for practical conditions league on facebook as a group you should be able to find it and uh, and you can get everything there it's just, everything's you just download and print and, and go nuts so that's uh that's really the idea behind that lots of fun but at the same time uh again you guys are some of the best shooters i've i've seen as well it's because not only that you guys go out and shoot regularly but you do this and you excel at it as well and you challenge each other as well so yeah and we try to have well, so our club president his motto is uh, safe simple fun yeah uh, he's, uh, he's been he's been a huge influence for me and uh yeah it's a it's an awesome little club it's it's yeah. really really cool yeah it is it is an awesome little club so i'll be seeing you again this year you I'm will sure. be absolutely <laughs> will. it'll be and I hope you fellas come up too. Please, if you can, please come. You're always welcome. Uh, we'd love to have you there. And Thank uh, you. we're getting into ORPS, so we're we're hosting. We're having our first one this weekend. Uh, it's kind of for members only and guests only, just because we don't we don't run once. We kind of want to feel out how to do it. Mm. Uh, we the Gongjo uh, target kit. The ORPS has been odd. Like Rick has been amazing uh, yep. to work with and 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 help us out with. So yeah, it's been awesome. 
Awesome. Well, good luck this weekend. Have some Thank fun. You. So if people are interested in um, pursuing this a little bit more, would you be willing to actually speak with them about it? Do you have any contact information that you want to leave them? I think the best way is to uh, get a hold of me either at the YouTube channel or, um, and if, if I'm not mistaken, redleafrimfire at gmail.com. Okay, uh, perfect email handle there so for that channel so uh, reach out to me and I'll, I will do my best to absolutely help you out other options are uh, the Shooting Federation Canada website they'll have a list of the different provincial sport organizations so for your province and reach out uh, to someone there and they I, they will get you shooting perfect thanks so much again for coming on oh, tonight Jay I really really appreciate it thank great. you I really That's appreciate it on, great right. to meet you Mo good to see you again there Adriel good meeting uh, you good to see you Thanks again to uh, thanks again to Jay and uh, for coming on tonight and talking to us about sporting rifles and the hunting rifle competition. And uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think I'm going to be seeing him this summer as well. So we'll see how we'll see how that works. You know how he's doing with that. So and people should check it out. We need yeah. more uh, s- sports shooting. It's been around for forever and a day. So. A lot. I've never heard of it before. Like, really? is, is it really popular out there? Oh yeah, never heard of it. Sporting mm. rifle, Canada mm. sporting rifle. No. Nope. I think that it's really interesting. So I'm going to post the uh, the blog that he wrote and put it on our page because I think that again, CIL put it out right. They started it so and just to show how it's progressed as well. I think it actually it can be a feeder sport for are higher level shooters mm-hmm. as well. So I think that more people should really know about it. And then also actually uh, how we can actually um, capitalize on it so that we can actually take our, our shooting sports to the next level as well. So, yeah. All right. Let's get into listener feedback. Uh, anything on the Facebookies? And I think a lot of people have been uh, chatting, but uh Mike says never heard of it either. So maybe it's maybe it just hasn't made it out to Alberta. I mean, it did, but the, the the clubs that were shooting it don't shoot it anymore. So I know the clubs that are here. So when I asked specifically if it has to be an ISSF a club, because we mm-hmm. have some here in Ontario and we have some in uh, Quebec. And I also know that there's some in Alberta as well. So I'm sure that they actually shoot it, but I'm not sure about how many clubs that are non-ISSF clubs actually shoot it. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. I think that, you know, check it out, Adriel, and see if it would be something that, you know, Chaz or Sherwood Park can run. Because I think that you would actually really enjoy it. I run Maple Seeds. <laughs> I can fill up my whole year with just maple seeds. Oh, I, I and I will. That too. I, I, I know <laughs> that too. So yeah, yeah. This is this is someone else's torch to carry. Mm. Well, apparently it sounds true. easy though. So yeah. I, I don't think it's easy. I think that it's actually no putting on lot. putting on the event sounds yeah. easy. Oh yeah, it's yeah. a it's a relay event. If you're gonna do that that three position, it sounds like you could put some targets out at your twenty meters. Yeah. Uh, get a relay of eight, ten people on the line. Um, hit a timer, let them all shoot and do their thing. Get them back up, re get them out there. Like it, like that. That part should be fairly easy. Paper targets, like this, does not sound like a an equipment intensive 
match to no. run. To shoot, maybe, but to run, nah. Easy. One timer, one stopwatch. Stapler. Perfect. Stapler, yeah. Stapler. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we do not have any emails, uh, but if you would like to email us, we would love to read your emails. Uh, go to slamfireradio at gmail.com and send us your emails. Okay, Adriel, you said that you have some YouTube stuff, so why don't you take it away with that? We're going live, yeah. Going live. <laughs> uh, on the Trevor shows off his new ATRS Modern Sporter. Someone had commented, "Is the Modern Sporter worth forty five hundred nowadays?" Curious if I should rush out and buy this. Thanks. Uh, they're FRT probed, right? Yeah, I was just going to say mm. we we reviewed that last week, or was it the week before? Of a gray area. Oh, this this was three days ago. Area legally. Okay. I'm just replying. If you guys tell me stuff, I'll just reply as you guys say. Uh, next one's on the Gersan testing and review. The owner owner's manual says you're supposed to have a break-in period of at least 40 rounds using 1290 foot per second loads that are one and one eighth minimum. Then after that, once it's broken, a lighter load should cycle just fine, as many other video reviews have shown. Uh, my manual said no such thing. So maybe this is like uh, something that, that maybe they had two different manuals out there. Mm. There's a second manual. Hmm. Well, maybe like an older one that said that because my mine didn't. I don't. I don't think I have it handy here anywhere. Probably threw it out. Normally, but normally you'll you'll manual, but but normally you'll put through a heavier load anyways just to cycle cycle it through. Maybe, yeah. Uh, Tony's asking, "What's your source of two two three five five six stripper clips and guide?" I heard some bulk ammo and steel ammo boxes come with them. I bought a crap load from the U.S. on eBay. I think I bought 200 clips, something like that. It's cheaper if you buy a whole bunch. If you got some shooting buddies that shoot three gun or just shoot a lot of rifle, you go all in, you get like a crap load. Um, The plastic ones are nicer. If you can get those, those are the Canadian style. Uh, The plastic ones are nicer. I don't know if they work in the strip Lula, Um, but the metal, like I've been using those metal ones for, I don't mm-hmm. know, four years or they something last like that. Forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The little tabs break off. They have like these little bronze tabs that, that you can use to like hold the ammo in. But unless you're like really roughhousing them, you don't really need those uh, to work anyways. Tony's mm-hmm. also asking, uh, oh, and Mo, you did reply. Mo, you want to try to warm up your bolt? In my range, we tried keeping the bolt in an inner jacket pocket uh, before shooting. I've tried to lightly bake my ammo when shooting my A22 using the fireplace in our clubhouse. Uh, it doesn't take much to stop 22 in terms of weather at minus 10. We're already seeing a pretty extreme failure rate, if not taking any mitigation strategies. Yeah, I find the uh, the f- firing pins on 22s, they're like usually flat and they're usually like they have a lot of surface area. So if there's any yeah. oil in there, they freeze and then they, you don't get yeah, the it comes up punch on it. Soon yeah. you get, yeah. Uh, Tony continues my opinion on reloading bulk rifle cartridge, uh, single stage bait batch case prep, as in you size and trim a thousand rounds at a time, or if you have a case feed system, progressive size and D prime only, and then trim afterwards. After that, progressively reload the new components. Yeah. Still a pain in the ass though. Uh, and then... Yeah, I think these older, these are the rest here are older than that. Since Kelly is stepping away, I'll continue Hi. on. <laughs> She's back. I'm back. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So why don't you thank for thank you for that. By the way, um 
as I said a little bit earlier, you can, if you're, if you need to go over to Cabela's and you need to buy something, uh, click on the link that's on our website as well. You can go to the affiliate link, uh, click on that. And then what will happen as we will get a little bit of um, money uh, by going through our website. Um, and with that, it'll help support our page as well. Um, every once in a while, we will look at the list of stuff that people are buying and, you know what? We'll even uh, read it here on the uh, podcast as well. And uh, yeah, we'll judge you. Totally judge you. <laughs> Do well. that next week. We probably have enough stuff. Like- I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, just a big shout out to all of our supporters on uh, Patreon and Utreon as well. I saw that you put something out recently about why you, you, you did, you put something up recently about why you went over to Utreon, didn't you, Adrian? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, uh, I don't know. It would be interesting if I got like a bunch of supporters on there because then like no ad money, just supporter money. And I can just put up polls like, Hey, what do you guys want to see me test? And I'll go do like silly stuff. Like, you know, torture test some, some guns or whatever. Yeah. Presuming I get enough money to torture test them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you'd like to support us, you can go over to Utron or you can go to Patreon as well. And uh, what it'll do is it'll allow us to actually to um, put out this content as well. So, all righty. Shout outs. Who has some shout outs? So do you have a shout outs or do you have uh, YouTube or podcast sites that you'd like to actually give a shout out to? Uh, yeah. Adriel. Yeah, just shout out to Kyle. Hope your, uh, hope your flight goes well and uh, everything hands, everything lands well and uh the yeah. u.s is all you ever hoped it was yeah so he's on a little bit earlier he said hi to everybody so and he did just comment saying that if you go on the range after the rcmp are done training for the day they leave lots of clips and the loading guides all <laughs> around because they don't clean up after themselves not that i'm going to say that aloud um, <laughs> <laughs> what about you mo do you have a shout out uh, nothing for me this evening okay I want to give a shout out to Jay for coming on today and talking about um, the sport that he's so passionate about as well and sharing it with the rest of uh, our listeners. So thank you for doing that. Um, Yeah. So on that note, let's uh, sign off for today. So go and check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Give us a like on Facebook. And then also check us out on YouTube as well as Utreon, as we were just talking about. Go join the CCFR because right now it's more important than ever. And then also go donate. Um, you know what's going to happen? We're going to see you next week. Good night, everybody. Right. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.